All right. What is up, everybody? Uh, glad that you guys are tuning in. Um, we'll see how many people get in here uh, after the game on Saturday night. It was it was uh, it was quite the rodeo. I think we had anywhere between nine and twelve people up here on the panel, and there was always between thirty-five and fifty people listening in. And um, that was wild. I think that's the most, I'm pretty sure that's the most busy locker room in the history of the app. So every time that we come on here, like we want to break the app, like every record that they have, like we should own everything on this app. Um, Connor, yeah, it, it was quite the show, man. It was wild in here. I legit didn't say anything for like, 30 minutes and people were wondering in the chat where I, where I was, I was chilling. I was just listening in because it was a good conversation. It was healthy. Um, talking with people who don't necessarily have the same beliefs, but we all want a similar goal and talking with people who do have similar beliefs, uh, but may disagree on some fronts. Um, it's always a healthy conversation to have, especially when you're not attacking and especially when you're not, calling names and and that's the you know, type of community that I wish to strive for uh, is because people just don't converse as much as they should. Um, so this whole this whole you checked in for five minutes to hear the emotion you weren't disappointed. Jeff, so Jeff's an Iowa guy and he came in for a few minutes and I'm, I'm guessing he heard the the ruckus that was on here. Um, so, yeah, so this whole Matt Campbell thing came up when, you know, it's been a murmur over the last year about Matt Campbell and what he could or could not do at at, uh, at Michigan. But, you know, this year starting out one and two, they started out one and two, right? You have lost to Michigan State, and then, you know, you lose to an Indiana team that you haven't lost since 1987. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're in a situation where you're playing a good Wisconsin team that hasn't practiced for two of the last three weeks with um, with either a freshman or redshirt freshman quarterback in his second start ever. Um, and he had COVID. And to come out and kind of get walloped when they didn't play particularly like they didn't play like world beaters. Like all they did was just hand the ball off and run for over 340 yards. So, um, and Wolverine corner, Wolverine corner, and I believe it was Meta Wooten Peace. Um, I believe they had some type of, they were either, either you know, talking in a, in a lobby or they were talking on a podcast or something. Um, about why Matt Campbell would be a good choice. And um, and then I was I was tagged on to um, one particular thread several times uh, over the course of the last couple couple days and um, I did reach out to the guy. I'm not even sure if he's in here yet. Um, yep, he's in here. So Parker's gonna come on and um, and there are people who don't want Cam Campbell. There are people who would be up for it. Uh, I do think that there are some interesting nuances here that um, I I am going to kind of look look at and kind of kind of you know challenge. But I think it's going to be very interesting um, to kind of just take a step back and not really look at. You can't really look at the record. The record doesn't tell the whole story. Um, you can't look at everything has to be contextualized. And that's what I kind of want to get out of this locker room. Um, Cause what's on the surface, you kind of, it's almost like uh, the tip of the glacier or the tip of the iceberg, right? Most of it is underneath. So this is the underneath we're going to look, look at and kind of see, um, you know, why he would or would not be a legit candidate. I'm not saying he's going to, come in and have the hype per se, but if he comes in and, del- and del- delivers those results, 
uh, maybe looking over the last several years will give you some type of hope. So I'm going to bring Parker in here and, um, and he had great, he had great, um, great insight on his Twitter. Give me one second. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? What's up, man? Oh. Can you hear me? Everything good? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. You were uh, breaking up there quite a bit, but uh, you are good to go now, now, man. So, Parker, I appreciate you coming on. Um, pretty sure yeah, my... Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, man, I'm pretty sure my uh, DM kind of, kind of like threw you off a bit, but um, but I was sent your thread like several times, and people were like, "Hey, check this out! Hey, check this out!" And so I looked at it, and it was real interesting stuff. So um, I'll kind of give you the give you the floor right now, and um, and we'll go over each segment kind of one by one. Let's. Let's not jump from one topic to the next, to the next, to the next, and then go back. Let's go topic to by topic so we can make sure that um, we, we look at each thing kind of um, on its own. All right. Sounds good. All right. So I just want to preface this with that I was not always a Matt Campbell fan. Um, originally, Wolverine Corner was throwing that name out there, and I just did a quick Google search, saw that his record was um, – pretty pretty average especially in the big 12 and uh i kind of wrote him off but then i I started looking into it so um i first wanted to talk about um how hard it is to win at iowa state so we're talking about this program has the lowest athletic budget of any big 12 school um they're rated as some of the worst um worst um facilities in the big 12 um I mean, these, we're talking a program that has the resources of a high-level MAC or American Athletic Conference um, school. So it's incredibly hard to win there. Um, before Campbell was there, um, they had a record comparable to that of um, Rutgers in the past three years. So this is not a good program. Um, we see constant... Um, we just see constant um, increase increases. They're constantly getting better. Um, I believe that I mentioned this in my tweet. Um, every year that he's been there, we've seen an almost 20-point jump in the S&P um, uh, rankings, despite having talent levels in the 50s. And so that, that's my first point, is that he's getting it done without having the resources that a school like Michigan can offer. And I mean, this is a, like I said, this is not a win-friendly program. So based on that, um, I went ahead and like took some notes uh, on your thread a little bit here. So when when Parker brings up the the actual like talent that he's bringing in and the and the S and P ranking. So for reference, in 2016. Um, his talent level is this based on the two four seven? Yeah, uh, this is two four seven composite um recruiting rankings. Gotcha. So in the first year, he was at fifty six. All right, fifty six. S and P, he was sixty six. Not great, right? Then the following year, he jumped twenty two spots in the S and P. His talent was still fifty six. The following year, he jumped six spots to 38 in the S&P, 54 on the composite. 56 on the composite, then 57 on the composite. So when he first took over, um, the the recruiting has not changed, it looks like. But it looks like the coaching and development has. And that's what Michigan needs, in my opinion. Um, So... From 56 composite, now they're at 57 composite. Pretty much no change. But the S&P ranking changed from 66 
Um, and as of right now, I believe as of week 10, I believe your tweet said, um, it's yeah. down to 19. It's down to 19. Um, so that is a huge development thing. That is a huge, I mean, go ahead and talk about, his name is Brock Purdy, right? Yeah, Brock Purdy. Brock he Purdy, was, yeah. In the 800s as a uh, ranking, he came in as a freshman, you know, sat behind, but as a junior had a breakout year. Um, let me just pull up some of his stats real quick. Um, in his sophomore year, Brock Purdy, who was a, I mean, he really only had one major offer, which was Iowa State. In his in his um sophomore year, um, four thousand passing yards, um, twenty seven touchdowns, nine interceptions, and then ran for another three hundred yards and eight touchdowns. So that's about as productive a season as anybody has had. And this is not a guy who was highly touted out of uh, high school. Gotcha. Um, and let's go back to let's go back to the S and P rankings. Going from sixty six to nineteen is great. Um, but the one big issue, I'm not sure if you touched on this or not. The one big issue that Michigan has is they haven't beaten Ohio State. Um, they want to get someone who I believe they want to have someone who believes in beating rivals. I think, I think they've lost five straight to Iowa, and I believe one of the first of the five was someone else. I want to say, but. Uh, I don't think he's beaten Iowa. I think he's 0-4, right? Yeah, that is one of the main criticisms that you can have. Um, they've all been close games. He's never been blown out by Iowa. That's what I can say for him. And also, um, I mean, these are all like first, second, third game of the seasons. Um, his teams show drastic improvement throughout the season, which is one of the themes That's we it. see with, with his teams. Mm -hmm. And he's also beaten teams that are, I think, of inarguably – higher caliber than Iowa. He's beaten Oklahoma. He's beaten Texas later in the season. Gotcha. I wouldn't, so I don't look into that too much just based off the fact that he's developing these guys not only in the offseason but throughout the season. That's good. That That's at least good, good context. Um, they've had, you know, one of the biggest – bigger things is that you know Michigan's not playing Ohio State in the first three weeks of September um, they're playing them the last week in November where mm -hmm. both teams have you know pre pretty much know exactly where they are where they stand they've Im they've improved X amount over the previous three months three months or so um Roughly, let me see here, Iowa, and then did you touch on Toledo at all? Um, Not in my tweet, but, I mean, when you look at Toledo as he was there, it was a pretty solid Mac program um, before and after and while he was there. But um, I think that the biggest – spot that you can see is just his ta talent development there um i believe i saw a tweet some of the running backs that he had to toledo i mean kareem hunt who is a rb1 right now in uh in cleveland so it's really just um just goes back to his talent development it's uh off the charts with him for sure um i do see here though uh, Campbell was 04. Um, the last three games have been pretty close. I think there's one that was like there was an overtime loss, um, one point loss, two possession, really low scoring loss. Um, his first time around, he kind of got boat raced by um, the same Iowa team that beat Michigan. Um, they lost that game like 42 to three. But outside uh, that, of yeah. that game, outside of that, but I me mean, like, but the I mean, that was said, in that was the that numbers, was in, uh, yeah, where where he was sixty sixth on the S and P, like mm -hmm. you said, it was it was just a bad team. That yeah, was his that first was team, a three right? and nine team. Yeah, yeah, that was his first team in what probably the second or third game of the year, probably the mm -hmm. second, right? I believe um, so. Yeah, yeah, second game of the year, 
and that was on the road at Iowa against the top 20 team. So, so I mean, and that, that Iowa team was a good team. I remember, I think that they won 10 games. I could be wrong on that. Cause that, cause that was the, that was the, um, that was the field goal game. The, the, uh, state mm-hmm. through the interception. Yeah. Um, let me look. But what that other team than was. that, other than that season, um, I believe I saw a statistic. He's been blown out, which is, three touchdowns or more loss. He's been blown out once since that season in the past. Um, let's see. And since 2016, he's been blown out once by at least three been... touchdowns. Yeah. I think five, Harbaugh has done that twice in the last, what, five games. Yeah. Yeah. So even, even if he loses, it's close. They're battling to the end. And They're right there. They don't give up. Like, Against Oklahoma this season, they were down seventeen to three at one point, and they battled back and won thirty-seven to thirty. And that's a pretty consistent trend that you see is they they don't they just don't give up. Um, they battle to the end. We see a lot of come come from behind victories, a lot of close losses where they came from behind, and it, it's gotcha. just impressive the fight that Campbell's team has compared to. Obviously, what we saw on Saturday. Don't want to yeah. talk about that too <laughs> Most much. Definitely. But... Most definitely. All right, what's next? Well, I, I also just wanted to address the um, kind of recruiting concerns. How 247's um, recruiting rankings are, are set up, it values four stars a lot, and it's pretty hard to move up in, the, in their talent rankings by pulling in a lot of three stars. But um, Campbell has accounted for four out of the top ten um, recruits in program history at Iowa State. And we're talking in a state that's had nine four-stars in the past, um, I believe, four classes. Whereas, like, Michigan as a state, which isn't the most talent-rich, but it's definitely not a slacker, has had 36 four- or five-stars. So that just shows you what they're working with in Iowa Yo. What up, Jack? Also, Thanks for uh, coming in, man. Yeah, I also had to add one thing. Yeah, they, Matt Campbell, has, uh, since uh, uh, they've been re uh, recorded uh, the uh, 24-7 or whatever recorded recruits, it was like 2002 or 2003, something like that. Iowa State from 2000, I think, 2 to 2015, the year he came. Uh, has got a total of, I think, five four-stars. And ever since, uh, he actually had, didn't get his first four-star since 2018, but that's not a big net, cause, but he's gotten four four-stars in the past few re- uh, recruiting uh, classes, which is actually very difficult. Like, he's almost equal to all of Iowa State's uh, four-stars in the past. What they got in, like, 13 years, he got in, like, three years, so, like, that's, the, it, it seems really low, like, that's barely anything, but for Iowa State, Iowa State is usually, the like, before Matt Campbell got there, they were consistently the worst uh, recruiting-ranked uh, Power 5 school, or one of the worst, it's, like, switched between them and a couple other schools in Power 5, so, it's, like, it is extremely hard to recruit there. So just getting up like 12 ranks, 10 ranks on average to where they used to be is pretty impressive. And they're still very, uh, they don't have much talent still, but that's still pretty impressive in my book. Yeah, I I agree with everything that you said there. Also, uh, one thing, uh, since uh, some, the, for the uh, against ranked opponents, I want to discuss that how, uh, so since 2016, Michigan is a uh, 11 and 16 versus ranked opponents, and uh, Iowa State since then is 8 and 12, and uh, that's about around the same winning percentage. Michigan has a little bit higher, but then uh, since I think uh, that includes a really bad, the transition bad year that Iowa State had, where Mike Campbell did go three and nine, which is a bad season, but. It's hard when you get it going to a, like a records level program. 
that uh, I don't know if you guys mentioned this, but Iowa State had pretty much the same record for uh, com- uh, the four years before Matt Campbell came, or three years that records did from 2017 to 2019. Like it was like Iowa State is pretty much equal to records with the Big Ten. So winning like eight games, like cont- like getting close to that Big Twelve title is really impressive. And uh, for Iowa State's ranked record, they were. Uh, uh, they're in 12 since then, and then uh, if you don't count that really bad season, I think believe they're like eight and eight versus ranked opponents. And uh, uh, Michigan's uh, average rank they face is around uh, 11.4 uh, in that in that span, like the past four seasons, this season, and the past three. And Iowa State's average rank they face is 11.6. So. The average rank isn't that much, but you could argue that like Big Ten ranked teams might be a little bit more talented than Big Twelve. But I mean, it's still most teams the uh, Iowa State are facing are like the super talented, like Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU had that run. I mean, until like this year and last year, they were one of the top teams in the country. They were like top five, like top ten team consistently until like 2019. So. They face some like super talented teams. I know you brought that up, Ben, when I DM'd you, but a uh, Big Twelve has surprisingly like some good talented teams. Gotcha. So the next thing, you know, we we kind of talked about the we kind of talked about the the whole rivalry thing. You know how he was eight, he was zero four against Iowa, but he's coming into like like you know you guys said, a Rutgers type of program and you face an Iowa team in your, what, second game and you get blown out. But then every year after that, you know, you're trying to get something back here. Um, you're right there three years in yep. a row. Um, would, he, would he understand the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry? I think 100% he would. Um, he is from Massillon, which is right there south of Akron. Yeah, he is an Ohio Cleveland. guy. He's an Ohio guy and not a Northwest Ohio guy. He's, he's like, he's like, a, he's a, he's a Northeast Ohio guy. So he's all Cleveland, um, south of Cleveland. He's about 40 years old. So he's younger. He was, he's, he's also not what you would call a Michigan guy, which, um, which is also like, He's a forty. I think he's about to be forty-one. <laughs> he's about to be forty-one, but you know, you have someone who is a bit younger. He does have energy as well, too. Um, what was next up for on your uh, thread, Parker? Well, the next thing I was going to talk about is just how well coached they are as a team. Um, they're consistently, I believe the last three years, Iowa State has had the fewest penalties in the Big 12, which is something that Michigan has struggled with, and it is a mark of a well-coached team, a well-disciplined team. Um, if you watch any of their games, they don't beat themselves with penalties, um, which I think is impressive. It's something that Michigan needs is some discipline. Um they're also always physical in the trenches, especially offensively. I mean, they, they run a lot of three-man fronts on, the, on defense, which doesn't translate the best to Big Ten football. But offensively, they're always physical in the trenches. They don't quit. Um, they currently have the nation's leading rusher, um, which I think is pretty significant. Heisman contender. So, I think he's in a lot of like top five Heisman uh, candidate lists. Yeah, Brees Hall. Um, they're always opening big gaps and Campbell's scheme is does well to provide a situation where um, running backs can succeed, um, which I think is evident with Hall right now. And let me just you, uh, see. You said this. that they, they run a three front on defense. Yeah, but I mean, that's just with their, uh, they run well, that, a lot of three man fronts. That's probably countering most big 12 offenses. Yeah, as well too. and Campbell is an offensive guy. He's an offensive head coach, and he subsidizes a lot of the defensive um, measures to his D.C. So, 
And I'm pretty, uh, the uh, Iowa State quarterback, too. Wait, what's the uh, record for most touchdowns by a, a Michigan QB again? I'm pretty sure. Uh, Two. Uh, br- <laughs> but I think Brock Purdy actually would have been it last year in 2019. He had 27 touchdown throws, which I'm pretty sure the I'm pretty sure it's like 26, which is really it's it's kind of sad, not gonna lie. But like I think uh, the Brock Purdy might have broke it last year for Iowa State. I'll look that up though. And uh, Brock Purdy is not the most ta- talented, talented yeah. naturally quarterback, and I think that that's shows what Campbell can do pretty much purely scheme-wise. Yeah, Not 25. The one 25 thing, is the most keys. 25. Yeah, so like the the one thing that scares me is I understand I understand how facilities can come into play, um, but I do understand from my standpoint everyone has pretty decent facilities. Not, I can't recall somewhere outside of like the University of Detroit, their facilities are god awful. Like, I would prefer some high schools over that. But there are some facilities out there. Um, you know, you no, know, it's not up to par. But I don't understand. I I just don't. I get the player development. That's great. That's great. But you can't come to Michigan and not recruit at a high level uh, or you're going to get your butt beat in constantly. So over five years, you know, he went from 56 over five years to 57. You have to at least get to like mid-20s. You have to at least get to like get to at least, you know, break 30. Um, I don't understand how that number I know it's not all about stars and not all about talent, but to some extent, that's a big part of it. And he's going to have to recruit at a high level if he's given an, an opportunity at a place like Michigan. 56, 56, 54, 56, 57, there's absolutely no growth. Um, you either have to adjust to how you're recruiting um, but you can't remain the same in that regard, even though you are developing and you are doing better from a team standpoint, you have to think how good they would be if they were recruiting in the twenties and then you develop and then you get better guys in, you know, you're not sitting at 1924 in the S and P you're sitting at top 10 because you are closing the gap between your development and between the talent that you're, that you're actually getting. And I think that that's a totally valid criticism of his, that um, he needs to step it up in recruiting. Um, I mean, it's always a challenge getting kids to go to Ames, Iowa. But, um, yeah, I mean, if he, could, if he can step up his game, that would be great. Um, he's done thing- well with making the most out of his recruits. I mean, when he gets a four-star, they turn into a star, um, which is something that I think Michigan has struggled with turning those four stars into four star products, turning those five stars into five star products. And I mean, the fact I I like to bring this back to the fact that Brady Hoke was able to put together just great recruiting classes at Michigan. Which shows anyone can recruit in Michigan. If you're you're a good recruit, if you're a decent recruiter, you'll, you'll recruit well at Michigan. Like, and recruits follow where they can, I mean, they follow big-time programs, and they follow places where the product on the field is good, um, which I think Michigan with Campbell would check both of those boxes. So I think that you get Campbell in, you put a good product on the field, you start developing players more, and recruits come. And I don't think that Michigan has a problem attracting guys. Yeah, like a lot of people have been saying, it's not a talent problem, it's a coaching problem, and also... Uh, if you like see some like press conferences and like see some videos of Matt Campbell, you can tell he's like he's a like very energetic guy. Very his energy is contagious, and he's seeing like pretty much everybody loves him at Iowa State. Like they uh, and there's like nobody that says a bad word about Matt Campbell. Like there are like some videos that like 
he just seems like a guy that kids would follow, especially as like on the younger side. He, I don't know. It just seems like those type of dudes are uh, someone that recruits will follow, kids will like. That's that's True. my opinion. True. So like, I think there are definitely guys out there that Matt Campbell really wanted, and um, you know Jeff made a good point uh, saying that you know. You, you need to find players that fit your scheme, and that's what Matt, Matt Campbell has done a great job at. 100% agree with that. Now, you can still, you know, if you're Matt Campbell, if you go into a situation wearing Michigan gear, you could probably get, uh, you know, maybe you're not, you know, maybe you no longer have to settle for the 6'1", 210-pound guy now you're going to get the more explosive, more talented, same attitude, but this other kid is going to be 6'4", 260. Like, that's the difference um, between getting either between this guy and this guy. Maybe wearing the Iowa State gear, it doesn't give any attention to the 6'4 kid. He's, he's, he's like, Iowa State, like, who's, who's there? Fred Hoiberg? You know what I mean? Um, you look at a situation like Michigan, you walk in, people know exactly who that brand is, even though there's been jokes and they've been struggling. And the only reason why there's so much negative press uh, is because Michigan is such a big brand. If nobody cared about them, if nobody cared, then you would be concerned about where Michigan was as a program. But because they stay in people's, they are one in three and they're like, they're, they're like the lead topic all the time. So that just shows you that the brand is still alive and well, um, and they can 100% compete um, on the recruiting trail at a high level. And that's got to be something that, you know, Campbell has to kind of piggyback off of. You can't come into Michigan and pull in a recruiting class that's not in the top 25 and think the fans or think that your leash will be very long. Yeah, I think yeah, his, his recruiting class. I'm yeah, I'm going to say that his re, his recruiting class is not the best, but it's not with it's not for lack of trying. I mean, he's in 2021. He's offered a good amount of five stars. He's offered JJ McCarthy. He, I know I brought this up. He offered JJ McCarthy in eighth grade. Um, he was the first D1 offer to JJ McCarthy, which I think is an interesting point to talk about down the road. I mean, he offered Ty Thompson. He offered five-star running backs, five-star wide receivers. Um, he was actually high on the board for, I believe it was Troy Flank Franklin before he committed to Oregon. Um, it's not for lack of trying. He's, he's not a guy like that's just said, you know, I'm not even going to go after these guys. Um, I'm going after my guys. No, he, he's trying to get these big time recruits, but again, it's hard to, to convince somebody to go to Ames, Iowa over Miami or Oregon or USC or some, a team like that. It's just, it's an uphill battle that he's fighting. 100% man. And, you know, having that, you know, it, it goes back to you, you walk in wearing Iowa state gear, you walk in wearing Michigan gear I will tell you that Michigan gear is probably going to have a higher close rate on some of those guys that you really wanted, but but the but the brand just doesn't pack enough punch to get some of those guys. And um, but you know he probably could be six, six, successful there, and it is good knowing that he does go after some of those guys. Um, you know, Corey did talk. Of, Corey brought up something in the chat. He said, my question is, what did they see in Milton before the season? Somewhere in the world, Dylan McCaffrey is shaking his head. Um, my question is, what did they see in Milton? Um, my question would be, why did you up and run as soon as you were being competed against? Like, hey, I hope you kill it somewhere else. But, I mean, if you're going to up and run from competition, why do you want that guy around? Honestly, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. 
Uh, Brody asked, can we just hire somebody that doesn't give us the smallest D-line out of all the Power 5? Yo, we are small out there, bro. We are little. We are little. And we have been preaching DT recruiting for a couple of years now. And it's been scary. When people say, yeah, but they got hit in Maisie. If you, if, if you can give me by name who they recruited from the DT position, that is a problem. You shouldn't be able to name them all in one line. Like you should be giving me two to three lines of dudes who were recruited um, that uh, that were at least at least give me at least top three hundred, top three fifty, something. Give me something. Losing Rayshon Benny sucks. Also, on top of that, and I'm not sure what happened from you know you know I thought he was a Michigan lean and then. Pretty much all of a sudden, he's you know switching over to Michigan State, and I don't think it was because of that game. There was a lot more to it, um, and I don't know what that is, honestly. Think the thing is, said he was, gonna, he was gonna go there anyways to Michigan State. Uh, a lot of people said that I heard something that he had his uh, he said how he had his made up, uh, mind made up before the Michigan game, like people asked him, he already he said he already knew so. Might be lying, but he, at least he said that he already decided before that game. So from my point of view, losing Rayshon Benny shouldn't be this huge game-changing loss. They should have guys there. This is losing Rayshon Benny should be a loss, but it shouldn't be that we were all in on this one guy to be our DT that could make an impact within his first two years. This is, I, this is more representative of just a failure, not just recruiting at a high level, but recruiting the right positions. Hundred percent. You know, you have a you have a dude, you have a quarterback who threw for what four or five touchdowns in his in his opener against Illinois, right? It was like four or five touchdowns, and like he didn't miss his first like fifteen throws or something crazy like that. And then you play Michigan, and you see that their line is so small. They didn't really test our DBs like that. They ran it straight up the middle for 341 yards, man. Like, that is a direct, that is a direct message. Like, your lackluster efforts on the recruiting trail getting multiple DTs every single every single cycle um, has been an utter failure. And that has to change. Well, I keep saying it has to change. There has to be a change. Um, Caleb brought up Sean Noah. I believe it's Sean Noah. I think it's Noah. Or was it Clara? Well, Clara too. <laughs> but <laughs> um, Noah was talked about quite a bit after the game on Saturday. He's kind of chilling right now. He's like, there's there's a lot of Don Brown slander going on, but like he's like, he's like right behind Don Brown trying to miss all the slander. Like, nah, people see, people see, like, you know, like you come out and you know there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of, a lot of you know chest pumping and all that. There has been such a drop-off at that position. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then, and then someone just said that the only reason we, we got hidden is, hidden is because Madison finessed him. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ah, it's sad. It is truly sad. It's truly sad. Corey, uh, we only saw Dylan in the backup role. Uh, just seeing they jumped the gun a bit is all. Um, had to mention it. Hey, I feel you. Please mention it. Whatever you guys have to say, you know, ask, make a comment. If you disagree with me, let me know, please. Um, if you agree, let me know. Um, so the thing about that is um, we only saw Dylan in the backup role. You have to understand that we as fans and observers, we only see 1% of, the, of what they do. Like, there's 99% of the crap that goes on in the background that you guys have no clue happens. 
And the fact that he went from second to third and got jumped by both Milton and Cade, and people are standing for that dude, like, these guys aren't stupid. Like, these coaches are not stupid. As, as much as you want to believe that these guys are, you know, dumb, like, you know, like, these guys have been, you know, doing this for decades. Like, they're not dumb. They're not that dumb. Trust me. Trust me. As as much as you you know, as much as you think that they don't know what they're you know doing, and we can complain about this and that, there is a reason. There is a there's a valid reason how you go from second string to being the man from second string and being third. I'm just gonna say that much because there's like the game itself is one percent of what goes on. There are 20 to 30 hours every week that you do not see. A lot has probably happened in those 20 to 30 hours. I also think that a lot of this feeling is coming from how well Luke McCaffrey played. Which is also which and, is very, very stupid. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's not, I mean, they're totally different players. Totally different builds. Totally, I don't. Know, I, I just don't like saying, "Oh, look what his brother's doing." He could, his brother could be doing that for us. Like, yeah. So, uh, one, another a couple other stats I wanted to bring up for Iowa State is that uh, Iowa State is twenty-eight and eighteen, and in the past forty-six games, Michigan's twenty-nine and seventeen. So, I mean, like the fact that Iowa State. It's pretty pretty much had the same record with facing still a very uh, big. I think feel like the Big Twelve gets a lot of crap, but I feel like they're a talented and probably like the third best conference usually each year. Uh, almost the same record shows it was like at Iowa State a record. I feel like that's just a really impressive record, and uh, yeah. that's with that's with like bottom of the barrel power five conference. Uh, the big 12 uh, is weak. It's but weak I feel this like year a little bit, but they're being talked about as if they're like the Mac or the Sunbelt conference. No, they're still a power five um, division. I mean, they're still a power five conference with Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma state and, and Kansas state has had some really good teams in the past. TCU uh, yeah. as had top, been top five. West Virginia, those, like, I was at, like, they were one of the best teams in the country for a couple, a few years. Texas Tech had uh, its own stint. Baylor last year, 2019, like, almost went to the playoffs. Could you imagine if Michigan was in the Big 12 this year? They would have 60 scored on them every single game. Oh, yeah, that would that's a lot of points. Every game, 60, every I'll, single game. Also, Iowa State is five and one in conference for the first time ever in the school's history, right this season, and they have sole possession of the Big Twelve conference. And Big Twelve isn't great, but I mean, still, that's really impressive. Again, at, at Iowa State, and I think honestly, you might win it this season. I feel, I feel like Iowa State might win it this year. Yeah, and you know, there's, you know, there's. There's a context for everything. Like, we understand that Big 12 is not better than the Big 10. Um, but if you do look at the past games, you know, like you have, you know, programs like Oklahoma who were, who, who, who's been giving Ohio State the blues, uh, the past yeah, and few you know, years. Fun fact, Iowa State, uh, if you, he's two, uh, Iowa State's two and three against Oklahoma. And that first year, if you throw that first year out because that's a transition year, they're two and two. And one of those losses was this, Really, like Iowa State was that close at one point loss to Oklahoma, so they could be three and one versus Oklahoma in the past four years against like a team that is always in the playoffs. Oklahoma's had, I think, made every playoff the past year. They're not going to make it this year, but like that's, and they that's were probably super underdogs. They were probably in every single game, game big underdogs, like big twenty points, something like that. I think uh, I think Jim is now own eleven as the underdog. In the last since 2015, and I believe he's the and, only Power Five coach uh, with at least like seven or eight games as the underdog to not have a win. 
Yeah, and Iowa State, they've definitely won a good amount of underyard games. I forgot exactly their record, but I guess it's a little unfair because Iowa State is the underdog a lot, so there's more more opportunities, but still, uh, it's uh, still impressive. I mean, look up the uh, exact uh, records for underdogs for uh, Iowa State, but I know they they uh, at least have won a good amount of games as underdogs. Uh, uh, Iowa State is uh, seven and uh, fourteen as underdogs, which isn't great. But I mean, they're underdogs; they're supposed to lose. So, winning seven of those games is still still pretty good. It's a good can, record. Can we just real quick talk about that um that Oklahoma Iowa State game from last year? Yeah, um, that was insane. It was like lost forty one to forty two. Yeah, no, this was this was playoff Oklahoma. I mean, this probably wasn't yeah. their strongest team. But they still. This was a playoff team. Um, Iowa State was at one point down twenty-eight to seven, brought it all the way back, um, went for two to win the game, um, failed that conversion. But that wasn't. That's another instance of just Matt Campbell's teams not giving up um, and battling back, which is again something that Michigan seems to need that fighting spirit. Do you think J.J. McCarthy still stays committed to uh, Michigan? I mean, he says he does, but, I mean, you can say a lot of things. I'm saying if (laughs) if Harbaugh leaves and Matt Campbell comes in. I think, think, well, he did did offer him, and I think Matt Campbell has talked to J.J. depending on contact. I think uh, J.J. knows Matt Campbell. I mean – this is a really interesting thing because, like I said earlier, and this is something that I wanted to. Parker, you're, you're uh, breaking up. Yeah, super laggy. Yeah. Parker, you're breaking up. Yeah, we can like it's very laggy. Like barely hear you. I know that. Also, uh, okay. Thank you, buddy. Is this any better? Yep. Yeah, that's better. All right. So I just wanted to address, like, that's a really interesting point is, can we keep JJ on board with Matt Campbell? And I think that, I think that we would have a legitimate chance to, um, with Matt Campbell's pre-existing relationship with him. Um, he was the first coach to offer him. He, in eighth grade, he was JJ visited Iowa State multiple times. Um, he was near the top. Iowa State was near the top of his list before Ohio State and Michigan stepped took over. That a big factor that I personally believe that he would stay if Matt Campbell was Harbaugh's replacement. That'll be interesting. Um, that'll be interesting, and you know, knowing that you know they were up there until the big boys came around, then it's like, okay, now they're here. I I I need to look elsewhere. Um, you know, that's that's a that's a that's a situation where I see that, um, you know, JJ could possibly stay. I can't really count for the others though, um, and their relationship if they've had contact or some prior relationship with Matt Campbell, not sure. Um, It's going to be interesting uh, in these next few games, especially coming from, from Michigan, you know, you have, you know, Rutgers who is, who has been playing tough and you lose to Rutgers. I mean, locker room, (laughs) locker room on Saturday night is going to be the most lit. It's ever been. Um, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I am going to talk to um, a Rutgers guy in here sometime this week. His name is Aaron Bretman. Uh, we we've talked on here, well, not on here, but he's came on the pod in in uh, previous years uh, talking about um, the whole Michigan Rutgers you know, basketball. We talked football last year as well too. Um, 
this Yano team is going to be different. And yeah. it can be, and you're talking about owning the trenches. Rutgers destroyed Michigan State on the offensive line and defensive line. Michigan State destroyed Michigan on the offensive line and defensive line. This is not going to be a gimme. This is this this game is more even than what people want to think, um, and that's so sad. <laughs> that hey. is so sad, yeah. bro. By the way, uh, Brock Purdy, he's, he was the uh, 890th, uh, Iowa State's QB, 890th uh, recruit in 24-7. And he would have broken uh, the completion percentage, the yard, most yards in a single season, and uh, the most TDs as a Michigan, uh, if he w- went to Michigan, a record. <laughs> well, that is against Big 12 defenses. That like, yeah, the Big 12 defenses. So I guess a lot. It, is a, it, is, it is a knack against it, but they look pretty impressive. I feel you. It is super impressive. Um, I would say that Big 10 defense is more like are better. Are, uh, are systematically better. And yeah. maybe a big part of that is because the quarterbacks um, – and the play style is a lot different too. So um, it's going to be interesting uh, moving forward. This narrative, um, you know, and you know, we'll continue to talk about Matt Campbell and talk about other possible candidates. And you know, until there is an extension, once there's an extension, we're going to kill all that talk. But in, until we hear about an ex- an extension or they're working on a, on a contract for next year. Um, we're going to continue talking about can- candidates. Could be this guy. It could be Joe Brady, Greg Roman. You know, we'll, we'll talk about different guys as, as long as, you know, you bring in some plausible statistics showing, you know, why you think that they would succeed here. Um, like the whole Matt Campbell stuff. I think uh, Jack and Parker brought up some, some, some really good, some really good feedback and they brought in some really good statistics and they kind of put it on the table pretty well um, and gave a lot of context behind some of the rankings. Um, And, but the one red flag to me is going to be that um, the recruiting didn't improve at all uh, over the last few years, uh, despite being a better team. Um, That, that part, I don't know how to feel about yet. But everything else, I mean, um, is pretty legit. But I do want to just uh, – we'll open it up for the next, like, two minutes, and then uh, then we'll probably call it call it for the night. I think everything will be milled in and more to our bros in the better next season. Can't wait for Duel 4 to kill. Duel 4, I forgot he's over there. That dude, oh, my gosh, man. Brody, every corner in the Big 12 is a Vincent Lowkey. Oh, gosh. Rutgers is coming in with the idea of bending the 2016 loss. Darnell Porter, we about to lose a player. Lose a commit or lose a player? Also, uh, one thing I want to add is uh talked about the margin of loss. And uh, a lot of the times, uh, it was a stat, uh, Iowa State, and best three seasons and this season have, have lost by uh, 17 or more twice, uh, only twice. And Michigan has lost by 17 or more seven times in the past 19 games. So that's not a great statistic for Michigan, but that's a good statistic for the uh, always have your guy prepared. And at least you're not getting blown now. You gotta at least have a fight back for uh, Matt Campbell and Iowa State. 100%. And now you a lot of the games, yes, yeah, and a lot of games like you could see the average, uh, like Iowa State is so close a lot of time, which I know might not be good. Uh, some people might say it's a knack against him, but at least he always has his, like he always loses by like three, seven, uh, seven, one. Like a lot of the games, if you look at the uh, all the games they lose, they're that close to like winning a lot of games and. Feel like that's a good thing. Might not be a knack because, like, maybe, maybe you could say Matt Campbell can't win a, a close game, but I don't know. Like no, I mean, a good thing. Uh, you know, like uh, some of those games. I mean, sometimes 
it's it it goes further than than you know development and all that. Sometimes you just need talent to take over, and yeah. he just hasn't had that. You know what I mean? Um, also, so, uh, yeah. so Darnold yeah. Darnold Porter said, "Rumor RB is leaving. Is that a running back or is that Ronnie Bell?" Because I did see Zach Charbonnet's dad tweeted out, and then he deleted it. Uh, he tweeted out uh, he was upset with the play call on. It was like it was fourth and goal from the one yard line, and he was confused how how you're fourth and goal from the one, and there's no running back in the game. And I think That's they confusing. also went from shotgun. Which is tough. Um, one more thing. Uh, people have been knocked about the uh, Iowa State losing to Louisiana at the beginning of the season. But, I mean, Louisiana is 7-1 and one and a top 25 team. I think they're like 24th in the country. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it, they shouldn't have lost to Louisiana. And uh, but it's not like Louisiana is a scrub. They're, like, they're a pretty good team still. They're like one of the better a group of five, one of the best group of five. Uh, like that five wouldn't fly here, though, Jack. Yeah, that, that's not going to fly here. Got, I don't care that's if they not... got prime Adrian Peterson with Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers at quarterback. You can't lose to Louisiana Lafayette uh, if you are Michigan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he can get all those losses out the way before he gets to, you know, if he gets to, you know, a bigger Michigan. program. Yeah. For sure, Different. for sure. Um. So yeah, man, the whole the whole Charbonnet stuff is interesting. I mean, he had what like seven yards of carry on three touches. It's kind of weird. Um, they well, had a lot than, of quarterback runs. Mm-hmm. Other than that one seventy yard um, touchdown run, I believe he was averaging just under two yards per carry this season. So he, he is not having the greatest season. Uh, you, neither, can neither is the you can blame that on coaching. You can blame that on whatever. Neither O-line. is the O-line. Yeah, you can blame it on the O-line, but he's – yeah. Is any running back doing well this season for us? Hard to I tell because everyone gets I, eight carries a game. Everyone gets like two carries a yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I believe Haskins is in the sixes for yards per carry, though. That's off of like one or two runs, though. You know, he had the one he has, big one against Minnesota, yeah. and then you only get seven, well, like two carries a game. He has 10, 10 carries. Then you bust one for 60 yards, so that number is going to be inflated a bit, right? One, yeah, he, one he's averaging five carries per game. He's at 21 right now. That's, that's, that's crazy to me. That's so crazy mm-hmm. to me. Why there's a there's a reason why running backs have running back has not been drafted has not been drafted since what two thousand nine or something something like that yeah and I mean Iowa State's about to have Mike Hart pretty was Mike Hart the back. last one was I believe, believe so. so unless yeah. um did Davion Smith yes. um sneak in there anywhere. No, no, no! They have not. Had <laughs> yeah, one, he wasn't. They have not had yeah. one dude drafted, bro. Not one dude drafted. It's bad. And I think that even goes to like skill positions. Like, there's another stat out there about skill positions where like guys don't get drafted in like the first round or two or something like that. Something is out there about that. Um, that is I think the last. First rounder was first round skill position was Braylon Edwards. I believe. I could be wrong on that, but that's just insane. That's wild. That's wild. They need to treat they they need to treat uh cor- they need to get Corum the ball in space, man. Like you know, like mix up his runs, mix up some like short passes and see what he he can do. Cause that that dude's going to be nice if he is yeah. treated right. If he's treated we right. saw like one, we've seen one wide or um, running back screen to him, which was a thirty-yard play. <laughs> but they're not going to go. Back haven't to gone it. back to that. They're not going to go back to it though because <laughs> it did too well. <laughs> they say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, wait a minute! 
we can't have our whole team running 30 yards down the field just for the next play. Can't have that. Oh, my goodness. Michigan runs one successful play that never calls it again. Brody, that is facts. Facts. Chris Perry was the last running back drafted in the first round. I mean, you know, you know, we can be armchair quarterbacks all you all you want, but that is called a trend, buddy, and there's something wrong there. That is a trend and there's something wrong. You know, we can say this and that, not know what's going on behind the like the McCaffrey stuff. We we don't know what went on the last several months. Hey, we don't know. Probably a lot went down and he chose not to play. Okay. But something that's been happening for 10 to 15 years. Okay. All right. I don't don't care what I haven't seen. There's an issue and it starts and it starts somewhere. I don't know what it is, but um, we are four minutes over. I do appreciate you guys coming on both Parker and Jack. Um, We're going to have more of these conversations as we, as we uh, go, the next time I'm going to be on here, it's going to be with Aaron Bretman. Uh, he does the um, he does the Rutgers SB Nation, and uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming game this Saturday with Michigan State. I'm not even sure if they're going to play against Maryland um, due to Maryland's COVID. Uh, I saw that Maryland like checked out of the hotel. I don't know what that means. If they're good to play or practice now, who who knows? Um, but either way. Um, I'll see some of you guys back here for when I talk to uh, Aaron about Rutgers, Michigan and Rutgers being a uh, 10 point underdog. So thank you guys for coming on and we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Ed.